The following audio is a sermon preached by one of our pastors at Restoration Church in St. Mary's, Georgia. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you deeply with this message. It's good to see y'all this morning. How are y'all doing today? You look so good. Just look at yourself. Just look at yourselves. Look at the person next to you and say, you look awesome. Go ahead, Jerry. Look at the person next to you and say, you look awesome. Now, here's the question. Are you lying? Are you in church lying? Well, it is it's, uh, Thanksgiving week, and um, we held our very first Thanksgiving feast together Wednesday night. It was an incredible success, I would guess. It was, it was loaded down with turkey and all the fixings. Y'all made some really awesome sides. I enjoyed it. It was an awesome night. Uh, like over 80 of you were able to be here on Wednesday night. It was really cool. So um, there's a whole lot more than that here today, and we thank God for that. God's doing that. We and we want to give him all of the glory and all the credit for everything that's happening in our church. Um, we, we want to grow, obviously. We want to grow. We want to grow in God's timing, um, in God's way, because we want to be effective as a body of believers. And let me just make sure that I say this from the get-go. You know, we're not a, we're not a hellfire and brimstone preaching church trying to just you know, drive everybody to uh, making these temporary decisions. We're, we're a church that really wants you to get the fullness of God and just really grow deeply with God in your relationship with Him so you'll get all of the benefit that God offers with this salvation. You know, there's, there's a huge benefit package, if you will, that God gives us with salvation, and the benefits are how we have a life that's more abundant. We have a life that's, that's free in Christ, we have a life that is so useful. We have a life that is so meaningful in Jesus Christ because once we cross that line of faith in Jesus, he puts us to work. And everybody that we come in contact every day really uh, has, can, can receive some kind of effect of Jesus in our lives. And I think that as the church, I think we're missing that. Not, not necessarily this particular moment in our church, but we, I think we miss it. I think we miss opportunities as believers. And if we're not careful, we can become a church that misses it too often. And that makes us turn inward. And then we start looking you know, at each other. And then before you know it, we start finding fault with one another. And, and we just start picking each other apart. And then there's disunity. And it just, here we go again. You know, it's that same old, isn't that, isn't that you know, when's it going to happen here? When is this thing going to kind of just kind of cave in? Well, our prayer and our hope is that it never will. Why? Because at the very beginning, I'll say it this way, at the very beginning, we began with an accountability process amongst our men that was just really bar none. We hear it talked about a lot. We hear people say things a lot, and we base it out of Hebrews chapter 10. And if you have your Bible this morning, I'll be in the ESV. It'll be up here on the screen. And... Um, it's, it's a message entitled, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it's about accountability. And we have accountability here. Um, our catchphrase, our code, if you will, we have a code. It's kind of a code amongst the men that gather uh, in the mornings. We have, you're probably wondering, what do you guys really do all week long? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because I want to provide you with that answer. Uh, Kevin, Jordan, Dave, Myself and Neil, at least as a minimum, meet every Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Kevin is off to work. But 
Um, Kevin's schedule is such that he meets with us, and we, we go through God's Word. We pray together. Um, we, we try to stay to that. I'm the, I'm the workaholic guy. I'm the guy that wants to get going and get the building clean and just get stuff going. They're like, hey, can, can we spend a little more time with God's Word? And So we do, and, and it's important that we do. But we have this code word with each other because, you know, sometimes after the weekend, you wake up, you're a little froggy. You know, you're a little, the fog's out there, and the coffee just hasn't done anything for you because, really, it's not in the coffee it shouldn't be in the coffee. It should be in Jesus. The coffee shouldn't even be in the equation. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus. The coffee shouldn't be the lifter. It should be Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Hello, amen. When we get up out of bed, it should be that, not I'll get back with you and be nice as soon as I've had my coffee. That doesn't work for the believer. It shouldn't be working for the believer. We get tagged with all kinds of things like that as the church and the coffee thing. You've probably heard it. It's like the Christian's drug or something like that. It's the, the coffee thing. So we don't want we, we to live that way. But we have this code word with each other. And that code word is, you know, and the guys, they, they can tell what kind of frame of mind I'm in when I come, come in. If I'm tired or if I'm not feeling good, they're like, oh, there's the old man. He's acting all froggy, you know. And so it, we have this code word. Hey, man, you need a Snickers? We do. We, we play this little game, but we mean it. And it isn't that the guy that asks it has the guts to say it. It's the guy that's being asked has the guts to receive it. Because if somebody's asking me if I need a Snickers on Monday or Tuesday morning, they're seeing something in my life. That's, you all right? They're, they're saying, hey, man, not here. This is what Snickers means. Break it down. It ain't a candy bar, y'all. <laughs> it isn't a Betty White commercial. It's, it's, a, it's a code word for something's wrong. Something's wrong. Straighten it out. And they have that liberty to speak that to me, and I have as well the liberty to speak that to them. It's sweet. I love it. I love it when I have the liberty. Don't you love it when you have the liberty and accountability? You're able to ask all those tough questions. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Why are you acting like that? Don't you love being the question, the, the, the questionnaire? But boy, you don't like to be the one to answer it, do you? You're just like, and why don't you just go away? Why don't you? And I, I do this. I try to do the silent thing. I'm just like, but my hands tell on me. They always do. It's just like, Dad. I throw them up there. Or I do one of these. I go, not going to do it. And so my attitude is just all over me. You know, some of y'all I'm just really connected with this morning, aren't I? But what I don't want to do, listen, what I, I don't want to connect with you this morning. I want you and I to connect with God's word this morning. Because if we're going to be effective as a body of believers, and that's, that's what God wants us to be. God, God doesn't give two flying snicker bars as to whether we're the most popular group of people in town or not, whether we have the most popular things to offer or not. What he's concerned with is our witness and our effectiveness in our witness. How will we change the world? How will, we, how will we present Jesus Christ? Well, I think if you'll just give me just a minute this morning. I'm going to need more than a minute. A couple of minutes this morning. And let's just look at the scriptures this morning and figure it out. I just, but what I need for you to do is I need for you to just look at me and do an exercise. Just, just look at me and say, I'll listen. Yeah, just, I'm not, you know, it's no trick. It's not. It's not a trick question. It's just, will you listen? If you'll say, I'll listen, then you'll benefit from this this morning because I've already read the scriptures. I've been in these scriptures all week long. I've listened. I've had to look. I've had to make some apologies this week. I've had to say, hey, am I the reason you need a Snickers bar? 
Instead of, do you need a Snickers? You know, we're all going through life. Life's crazy, and it's crazier than it's ever been. I mean, it's, it's an insane world we live in. When's the last time you had 40 minutes to sit on your back porch and have a cup of coffee? When's the last time you had 40 minutes to sit and veg out? When's the last time you had just a moment alone? I mean, just a stinking moment alone to think without it being your bed and falling asleep. When's the last time you had 40 minutes to say, God, I need your help. When's the last time you had 40 minutes to offer your help to someone else who's struggling? Well, that's, that's, that's who Jesus has called us to be. And if we're missing that, then today's just going to be a, an opportunity for us to get back on that page, okay? So if you have your Bible, open up to Hebrews chapter 10, if you haven't already. And we're going to look at verse number uh, 23, 24, 25. I'm going to start with 23. Join me at 24. I'm in the ESV. It's up on the screen. You can see it there. It says this. And I've got two Bibles today. Two Bibles today. So chances are it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be a great day. We've got two copies of God's Word up here, so we have double the strength and double the power. It's like extra strength, Tylenol, with the Jesus kicker. Here we go. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another. I like that. The Word of God's good with us stirring each other up. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Are you a pot stirrer? Join the club, but let's do it this way. Here's what he says. He says, let us stir up one another. Let us stir one another up. Let's not neglect each other. Let's let's do good works and let's love one another, not neglecting to meet each other and meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, which is the day of Jesus, the day that Jesus says, that's it, it's finished, There is no more church for all of you that are saying, man, we got church again. One day is coming where you won't have to get up for church. You'll be doing church 24-7. So let's go ahead and get used to it now. Let's pray. Father, God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for a friend in my life that in 1991, he said some very difficult words to me. I want to thank you for that friend. He spoke some truth into my life. But more than that, God, I want to thank you that you gave me a heart to receive his words and that you allowed my life to begin changing more for your kingdom than for my own kingdom. And God, you've done an incredible work in my life, but I have so far to go. I have so much more to experience in in your realm. But God, I don't want to limit myself. And I don't want these people that I'm with this morning to limit themselves and say, I'm good where I'm at. I'm okay. I'm existing. I'm making it happen. People see a little bit of Jesus in me. But God, I want them to be able to see all that you have. And in this area, Father God, of accountability, we need your help. So your word is going to speak to us today, and we know that. And so give us hearts to hear it. Give us hearts to receive it and a mind to process it, God, so that way when we leave out of here, We'll just pray through it, and we'll do a lot more thinking, and then when the time comes, we'll put it into action. Lord, we ask you to bless the morning, bless the day. Thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so the scripture is very clear that 
Um, there's a reason that, that the writer of this book, Paul, uh, told us about being steadfast. Um, he told us to stir each other up in this love for one another. And he also told us to continue meeting together. Don't do as some are doing and make an excuse that, well, I don't really need to come together with people. I, I'm okay the way that I am. Or, or being careful about meeting with the wrong people that are leading you down the wrong paths, that are taking you to places that the scripture says, uh-uh, that's not me doing that. That's another spirit. And so it happened to me in 1991. You know, I was saved when I was seven years old. I mean, you know, I heard the gospel <clears throat> at a good news club. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I mean, I was a pretty decent kid. I don't know. You can ask my mother. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. But I think I was pretty decent. I did good. But I was still a sinner. And I still thought things that I shouldn't. And I still said things that I shouldn't. And I still did acts that I, I shouldn't. And I had the love of the Savior to forgive me and to pull me away from all those things and continue strengthening me and getting me to where then I needed to go. But something, something really strange happened to me when I got married, it's like this little, it's, I don't know, it happens in guys when they get married. It's like this little switch got flipped. Boop, and all of a sudden I was like mesmerized by my own stupidity. I was. I was just mesmerized by my own stupidity. And down deep inside I was making these actions and I was making these calls that turned me into a real, well, I'll just say it, a jacktail. We could say that here, can't we? Well, good, I'm glad I have your approval. And that's what I'd become. And a few years of this goes on, and we're four years into our marriage. And, you know, my wife's enduring this whole thing, and she's, she's trying her very best. And I, in turn, didn't realize what I was doing. I was actually helping her to join me and go to Jacktailville. She started acting sort of kind of the way that I was, and we were all of a sudden two Jacktails living in the same house. And we were just feeding off the same old kind of jacktail food, and we were just having a blast doing it. Now, I'm going to not say jacktail one more time, so I don't slip up and say what I'm really trying to say. And so I got this friend. His name is Larry Myers. And he, he just one night, we're having steaks out in the back, and he just one night looks at me and he says this to me. He says, hey, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a good night. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm cooking steaks. Everybody's happy with Greg. And I'm just having a grand old time. And he just looks at me and he goes, do you think your wife will stay with you? I said, through dinner? He says, no, man. Do you think? And so automatically my, my mind just starts spinning. I'm going, why? What'd she tell you? What's she been saying? What do you mean? I thought I had that all in control, under control. I said I was sorry a million times. I'm really sorry for the way that I acted or the, sorry for what I said and what blurred out of my mouth. I don't know why it said. And he goes, calm down, dude. I'm just trying to ask you a question. Do you think that your wife will stay married to you? And I go, oh, good Lord, I hope so. And he goes, I was like, what do you mean? What does that mean? And he goes, well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't tell you. Because you look like you're about to pop a cork. You look like you're about to knock my head off. And I said, I am. But that's beside the point. What do you know that I don't know? He goes, dude, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. You're a real jerk. You're just a jerk. Everything comes out of your mouth. You're just a jerk with it. You're just jerky. Your responses are horrible. And I go, back off. And he goes, no, man. I've been waiting to tell you this for two years. And I said, some friend, you are. Two years, thanks for unloading on me tonight. You ain't getting no steak, brother. <laughs> it was a bad night. But I got to tell you this. It tops in one of the top three nights 
of my life. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. In accountability, in accountability, my friend Larry looked at me and he said what nobody else would say to me. Now listen, folks. I was in church. I was going almost every Sunday. I was serving in the church. I was starting to sing in the church. I was, you know, somebody. But I had this thing inside me. I couldn't figure out what it was. But I had this friend named Larry who looked at me and he said, Buddy, somebody's got to tell you. Somebody's got to tell you. And I thank God that Larry told me because it changed my life that night. Things over the years have gotten smoother and better and more productive for God's kingdom. And I'm able to see when those kind of Snickers moments come into my life. But listen, it came down to one simple love action on Larry's part. And it was, what's wrong with you? It was a Snickers moment, if you will. And now everybody's going to be walking around asking everybody, you need a Snickers. Listen, man, don't do it. Not unless the other person agrees. It's not fair. Walk up to somebody and say, hey, uh, Kev, you need a Snickers? And if Kevin hasn't received the fact that Snickers is going to be our code word, then Kevin could haul off and try to jack me up. Notice I said try. (laughs) Try real hard. But here's the deal. Listen, we now, we're the church. We are his body. We are a body of believers, and we don't care about being successful. <laughs> if, you're, if you're new with us today, I thank God that you're here with us, but I want you to know we're not trying to hit the road of success as a body of believers. I don't want to be successful. I don't want to have grand things. I don't want to have great things said about our name. I want them said about Jesus Christ, that he's on the throne at Restoration Church, that he is leading us every single day and every moment. And everything we do is to glorify his name. But the only way that we can stay there, the only way that we can arrive there at that position with Christ is to continue in accountability and be able to say, and it isn't being able to speak it, it's being able to receive it. Our problem once we come to Christ is that we think everything is just so washed away that it doesn't include anything in our future. And I've got news for you. Jesus said through Paul's writings, he said, you are to encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And that doesn't mean, man, you look good. Man, you look good. Man, you drive that car so good. Man, you're just a great person. You're just so awesome. You're just so beautiful. I wish I was more like you. No, it really comes in forms like, knock it off. Stop acting like that. You represent Jesus Christ. Get up off of the ground. Pick yourself up. Get back in the Word. Get on your knees and pray and serve Jesus Christ. And stop making excuses. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic to listen to man and to fall into all of his ways because man just wants to drive you down that slippery slope to drive you back to be ineffective for Christ. And the enemy, Satan himself, is putting everything in your path. Everything in your path because he knows when you need a Snickers before you do. And he puts it in your path. Sometimes it's the things that are pleasing to the eyes that draws you off of your spouse. Sometimes it's those pretty metal things that shine 
For us guys, that's what it is. It's, it's chrome. I like me some chrome. A lot. And when I get some chrome with dual exhaust and I floorboard that thing, son, it's just good. And every once in a while, I get a blue light special that pulls up behind me and says, man, sir, do you know how fast you're going? No, man, tell me. <laughs> Did I really get her up to that this time? Woo, that's good. And he's like, sir, sir, look at me right here. You can't do that, sir. Sir, this is a 25 mile an hour zone, sir. It's accountability. But boy, as soon as, as soon as a cop pulls you over, what's the first thing you do? What's he pulling me over for? You know why. Listen here, Jack. You know why. You know exactly why. And you're making all these pathetic excuses. Now, hold on a minute. Let's just take that one level deeper. Why God? I don't understand it. Why am I going through this right now? God, why is this happening to me? God, what is it you're trying to tell me? <laughs> He's like, you ain't been reading my word, Jack. Listen here, Jack. You haven't been reading my word. Listen, you want to get God's attention? Stop reading his word. You want to get God's attention? Stop praying, believer. Get up off your knees and don't get back on them. You're going to get God's attention. Well, no, 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 no. See, see, pastor, I call those shots. When I want to talk to God, I do. When I don't want to, I don't. But he says, that's not the deal we have. The deal we have is that when you got on your face and you said, cleanse me, purify me, take it all away from me. I want you to have everything in my life. Came a point where he said, all right, that's the work I do. That's what I exist for. That's why I created you, to come back to me. Not to come back to me to get back to you again. Well, these are strong words then, aren't they? These are really strong words. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Well, now listen, Pastor. <laughs> it's just a little much. Do you know how hard it is to be me? I mean, it's hard. It's hard being me. Now, when's the last time you admitted that? When's the last time that proceeded out of your mouth? It's so hard being me. I could just see it walking up to my wife going, honey, you know, I'm sorry about the way I've been acting. It's just hard being me. It's just hard being me. No, it's usually I find something wrong with her, just like the officer that pulled me over. Dude, have you had your radar gun calibrated lately? It's always everybody else, isn't it? Isn't it always everybody else? But officer, officer, I thought I saw horns, man. I did. I only shot him because I thought I saw horns. I mean, the thing was like five foot away from me. I thought I saw horns. You're in the woods. They're called sticks. You're going to see sticks all over the place. The deer had no horns, son. I mean, you knew what you were shooting at when you shot at it. Right, Larry? Yeah, you knew exactly what you were shooting at. Why do we run away from the truth? Because we don't like being accountable. But boy, we love 
Don't we love it? Brother Greg, wasn't that you I saw speeding down the road the other day? Uh, hmm? See, I went to the wrong side of the room. Sorry. Hey, Neil, why don't you mind your own business, Neil? Because I had somewhere I needed to be last week, okay? All right, God understands. Don't come in tomorrow. Okay. Do you understand? Church, listen to me. And, I, you know, I know there's some humor in this, but this is about as serious as it gets with God. You see, the humor that we're finding in it is that we're all pathetic. No, we really are. Just look in the mirror. Grab a mirror if you got a compact. Share it with somebody next to you. We're just pathetic. We just look at God and we go, I just really don't want to be a Christian today. I just want to do my own thing. I'm going to make up my own rules. God, you got to be okay with that. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow, okay? And God says, no. No, it doesn't work that way. No, no, no. You see, you see God's, God's put you in charge of something. Let me tell you what he's put you in charge of. He's put you in charge of the people that you're around and the influence that you have now. And so watch it. When you say, I got saved last week. And then three weeks later, you're back to acting crazier than you were before you got saved. The world's watching going, you see, you see, there's the problem. I want that Christianity, and I've heard God knocking on my heart's door, but I keep watching guys and girls like you, and you're just not helping me to see the truth in it. I want that. Do you realize that, church? Do you realize everybody around you, whether they believe it yet or not, has a trigger mechanism inside of them, and one day, God's going to knock on the heart's door, and they're going to be in a place to receive it, but whether they receive it or not, could have come from the way that you have been acting around them. And just because a person acts a certain way around you does not give you the right to return and act like them or retaliate on them. We are called to be Christ. We are called to be Jesus. We are called to live it out. And maybe, just maybe, we never explain that to the church Maybe we just have dropped the ball. Or maybe we've become so carnal in our mind, which means that we've got a foot in the world and we've got a foot over here with Jesus going, I'm not really sure which one I want, but I'm going to take the one that's offering the best deal today. Now, Jesus says you're either in or you're out. Now, I know that sounds pretty hard stuff, guys, but listen, man, what kind of salvation is worth being able to step in and step out? Because then, then there's no security in your salvation. If I can step out of it for a while, you never had it. Because what happens if when in your mind you step out, Jesus comes back or he calls out for your life and says, your life, that dash, it's over with and you're out. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm out for good? I don't know. I don't think so, because the word of God says that I hold you in the palm of my hand. I'm here to tell you this morning, it can't be done. It can't be done. You can't walk in and out. You're either in or you're out. But would you be willing to receive that every day? Would you be willing to receive that accountability every day to say that, hold me accountable? Boy, it's kind of like this. It's like, boy... I got back in the gym and I'm working out, but it felt good the first couple months. And now I'm just kind of like, well, I kinda, I'm kind of stuck over here. I'm stuck over there. And I'm pushing it every chance I get. I'm getting there and I'm doing it. Or it's like a diet. 
Man, do I feel good. I've been on water. I've been on crackers. I've been on Daniel's fast. Me and Daniel, we tight. Oh, yeah. I like the nuts and the barley and all the soup and all that other stuff. And that just gets kind of blech after about three days. And then you're kind of like, I don't know. I maybe, maybe just a little smidgen of meat. I'll just break the fast for a minute. Just one. I'll drive through the McDonald's drive-thru and ask them to open the window and get a big smell of a Big Mac. And that'll satisfy me. I mean, come on. You know we do it. You know we do it. We can only hang on for a little while. You know why? Because we try to do it by ourselves. But that's why God gave us the church. He gave us the church to go through together. And you know, by golly, I'm going to ask you, how you doing? And I don't mean, how's it going? I don't mean, how are you doing this week? I'm asking, how are you doing? How's your life? Is it lining up? And it isn't because I want you to be perfect when you come to Restoration Church or wherever you attend or wherever you're at in another state visiting and you attend church. It's because I want you to understand you have a responsibility and the world is watching you. Whether you want them to or not, they are. And while they're trying to drag you down and while you're giving your opinion about what God's okay with and what he's not, and none of it lines up with the word of God, and you're leading them astray, they're going, even I know that's not true. Even I know that's not true. The world knows what's not true. And the world wants something. I saw it in a commercial. All the Christmas stuff started, you know, woo, all the red, the green, the silver, and the dollar signs and everything. Bass Pro Shops puts out this, this commercial. It's like, you remember back in the day? And the 35 millimeter film, the one that clicks, click, 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 click. And they got it going. They're showing the cookies and they're showing the presents and the kids running around in flannel with their footies. You remember the day? And they go, they slipped this little nugget in there. and said, let's get back there. That's what they said. Let's get back there. Do you know what? The corporate world, the business world has even figured out how to get into your wallet and how to get into your finances and get you tripped up into the things of the world and buy, 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 because they know we really all want to get back to something more simple. We want to get back to something more accountable. We've all got it instilled in us. Come on, do you really want to not get pulled over for, for speeding down the road? I mean, aren't you glad when that guy's flying through your neighborhood that you call 911, the police do come? Aren't you glad for accountability? Yes, as long as it's coming out of my mouth but not being pushed into my ears. Nobody wants to hear about what they're doing wrong. But maybe, maybe it's the way we approach it. Maybe it's the way we approach it. You know, we have an approach, and I do it with love. And it's hard. It's hard because sometimes I can walk up to one of the guys and I go, We need a Snickers? Hmm? We need a little Snickers? And they're like, Oh, okay. And if they wait, first sign, no eye contact. I'm good. All right, need a Snickers? I'm good. I'm fine, just leave me alone. And when they start saying fine, you know, fine is the most used word when it comes to describing one's emotions and feelings and state of mind. How are you? I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Are you okay? I said I was fine. Now, when's the last time you heard somebody say, well, I'm fine, thank you. 
When's the last time you had somebody in your life go, I'm fine, thank you, I'm fine. No, we, uh, we've turned it into one of those words that says, I'm fine. That means get out of my face and my space and leave me alone. You know, church, if that's the attitude that we take as believers, we're in a lot of trouble. We'll never get off the word go. You're ne- you know, monopoly, don't pass go. Don't collect your 200. You're going to jail. You're going straight to jail. Why? Because you're fine. You got an attitude. You got an attitude. And if we bring, (laughs) I'm just having a little bit of fun because I don't know what else to do with y'all. Y'all are looking at me with these faces like, he's right. And And I'll tell you, this is not an interactive sermon, but I will tell you, it's like I tell the guys, I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to be right. I just am. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to have to dig out of that one, ain't I? So I tell my wife all the time, I'm fine. Because, listen, here's what the scripture goes on to say. Just, just look right at me. Now, remember, <laughs> when you came in, I asked you to do something. I asked you to say, I'll listen. Okay, I, A.V., repeat. A.V. is the only one in the crowd that remembered what I said. Leo, write it down. Your wife said, I'll listen. Remember you said, I'll listen. Just listen to this. Watch this. Not my words. The day is drawing near. And I know we've been saying that for a long time. Even, you know, one of my sons said, he goes, Dad, I mean, Everybody just keeps on saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Why do we keep on preaching that? You know, because, I mean, that's what, that's what the Word told us. Be ready. Be ready all the time. Got to be ready all the time. And because he doesn't come back, it's not the reason to say that, well, he's not coming back, so I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. Here's what he said. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but fearful expectation of judgment. Now listen, I wasn't born yesterday, but if I keep on taking my jacked up truck with the, with the, with the dual exhaust and floorboard and that thing, somewhere along the line, judgment's coming. Somebody's going to catch me, and it's probably not going to be the officers that I know. Ah, I done tapped into something there, right? Y'all know somebody. Hey, man, how's it going? Take care of that for me. Man, do the right thing. Heard a guy, a friend of mine, he's long since gone to heaven. He got, he got in a lot of trouble for a DUI. Went up to see the police chief, sat in front of the police chief. And he, said, he said, chief, what can I do to get out of this? Chief looked at him and he says, be a man, pay the fine, take the points on your ticket, and learn something from it, by golly. He says, now, can I pray with you? Police chief, I want to pray with a guy. I said, I like this guy. But if he ever pulls me over, I'm just going to let him write the ticket. Where's your, where's your mind this morning? Where's your mind this morning? Let it be. Let it be. Let it be that it would be that we could consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Let's not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but let's encourage one another. 
Let's encourage one another. And I'm not talking about, you know, just grab somebody and make them your accountability partner. I'm just talking about as a body of believers. What if we, what if we decided, and this is our decision, what if we just put a plan together that just says, you know what, we, we want that. We, we want that. Because every time we walk outside of this building, we want people to see Jesus in what we're doing. Every time that we make some kind of a business deal with someone in town, we want them to see Jesus in what we're doing. Every time we tell about a family that's been blessed, we want people to see what Jesus has been doing. We don't want people to see us. And when it becomes about that and we become accountable with one another, we open up our life as a chasm for God to do a work in us that's just powerful and incredible. It's his only way, you know. You know, do you know he's still doing miracles? He's still using his people to do miracles. But if we will not come into a place of accountability, if we will not hold ourselves to the line of faith that's called out in God's word, not nitpicking each other on what I don't like about you or the way that you wear your hair or no shave November or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. But let's get back to the word of God and let's just keep telling each other how to sharpen each other. The book of... The book of Proverbs in 27, 17 says this, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend's countenance. When you sharpen each other, sparks fly sometimes. Sometimes it's just cataclysmic. It's like the tide going in and the tide going out. You don't see it, but it's cataclysmic. And the undertow can literally kill people. But it is changing. And it is powerful. And when we will just challenge each other to the core by what the Word of God says and stop giving out our lofty little petty opinions but live by God's Word, we will see God do huge works through us. And we will be astounded. And we will stand back and give Him all of the glory, laud, and honor that He deserves. But it's going to take a commitment. It's going to take a decision to say that right now, just bow your heads as the worship team comes. Just, just say it to God right now. I'm inspired by your word, God. Just call it out to him. You don't have to say it out loud. I'm inspired by your word, God, not the words of the preacher, but by the preaching of your word. And I want that in my life. I want to be an effective minister. I want to be an effective Christian. I want to be an effective husband. I want to be an effective wife. I want to be an effective child. I want to be an effective worker. I want to do everything in your name so you'll get all the glory for it. And when that crown of life is given to me, I will get to heaven and I will cast it at your feet. And I will know that you will say to me, well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Come on home. Come on in the gate. And it just starts with saying, Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. I will have ears to receive your accountability. I will have ears to receive your accountability. I'm not talking about lips that will tell everybody their problems and what's wrong with them, but ears to hear. You know, this is going to make me a stronger person. This is going to make me a stronger person. And there's no better place to start than in a body of believers called the church. It's where trust begins. This is what we do on Wednesday nights. This is what we do in the morning times. This is what I do with my prayerful partners and men on Thursday nights that are committed to getting it right with God. Let's challenge each other. 
Because guess what? Without those men in my life, I'm a mess. Without those men in my life, I'm going to blow it. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to connect with Restoration Church, you can do so by visiting our Facebook page, Restoration Camden, or also our church website, www.restorationcamden.com. There you will find all of our contact information, including current ministries, sermons and teachings, serving opportunities, upcoming events, and outreaches. If you would like to get in touch with our pastors concerning a prayer request or a special need you'd like us to attend to, please feel free to do so. Also, please feel free to share this sermon. We just ask that you do not alter the content in any way. God bless you, and thank you for listening.